Welcome to Marari Unmuted, a podcast about music, life, and finding new ways to engage the next generation of performer and chamber musician. Well, today I get the pleasure of interviewing our MC and great host and newest member of Marari, Peyton Shelton. What's up, homie? <laughs> uh, we're going to have a great time today. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit about Peyton. And so I'm just going to kick this off and just ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions and, and we're going to roll, okay? I like how you automatically presume we're going to have a great time. Like, you're just, we're going to uh, have a great time. Like, you're going to force the good time on me. This is one of the reasons that we brought you into the group, because oh. we knew that you would always be up for that and that if you were involved, it was guaranteed to be a good time. I'm always down for a good time. You know how it is. I, I'm going to eat gushers while we have this conversation. Does that bother Can you? Can you please not? Why? They're delicious. Because <laughs> it's so loud. Oh, okay. Well, I, I promise I'll eat the gushers off off the mic. I'll eat them like over here in the corner. Off the – yeah, just – Just nibble. But you're, nibble to the right. Dude, you're going to be talking most of the time. That's fine. So, <laughs> all right. Um, let's get started with this. Uh, I think it's always really interesting to find out uh, how people got to where they are. Are. like how did how you ended up in this place and I think for most of us it starts with our childhood and and our uh, our our rearing or raising by our parents so what what did your parents do how did you end up in this place uh, well my the only experience I had of my parents with music when I was little my dad played saxophone in high school band and that's about it my mom sang a lot in the car, and like this is no joke. At a point when I was growing up, my mom would sing constantly, and I and I she still sings, and she's a great singer. But like I would cut the radio off in the car and say, I, I don't want to listen to music. And lo and behold, now I teach music. So it's just like there was such a disjunct in my childhood to where I am now. My parents often be like, "How the heck did you get there? You used to cut the radio off in the car." But I um, honestly, I think a lot of this had to do with um, when I was little, I fell down like a well. This is not like some stupid story. Just stay with me, okay? I know. I was like, <laughs> it, does does Lassie show oh, up it, at totally. some point? Um, okay. But anyways, so I fell down like this this uh, well, and I smacked my leg on the bottom of the stairs when I was really young, and I broke or stopped the growth of one of the growth plates in my leg. And so, oh. so yeah, we're going to get deep. Here we go. Um, okay, let's And do then it. as I started to grow up, that growth plate didn't function. So I started to have my ankle grow kind of crooked and sideways. And this happened like when I was in elementary school-ish. And so they ended up having to go back in and reconstruct the ankle through several surgeries and stuff. I was in fourth grade. And, you know, just kind of dealing with that and then having like a lump on my leg because some skin had died where my leg was. And there's a muscle that they took out of my back through my leg. And just kind of having to deal with that in middle school at a time when you're trying to kind of find yourself. Sure. Uh, I ended up diving into music because I was like, well, all my friends are in music class anyways. So let me jump into that. And lo and behold, I loved it. And I kind of excelled at it because I couldn't do like school sports or anything like that. So I continued to oh. just kind of dive in music. And I fell in love with band and I wanted to teach band because I had a great time with it. And I went off to college. Um, and actually, I, I applied to go to school where you went, but I just went home, closer to home. So instead of going to GMU where you went, I went to Virginia Tech. Um, and I wanted to be a band director. And then my trumpet teacher was like, you're pretty good. You should just add the performance major side to stuff and do education and performance and yada 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 i went to miami went to eastern now i teach in utah so it's just kind of like i think the singular point was because i couldn't do sports i dove into something else and found a love that i didn't know was there yeah it's it's really 
that that's really interesting and i'm i'm actually surprised at how frequently that happens with people there's something that happens or you know it's kind of nice to not be able to get picked last. Oh, tell me about you it. You know, for, for dodgeball or whatever. <laughs> Wait, for is. me, like you imagine like this kid with a giant lump on his leg. Yeah, he's going to be the the, uh, the wide receiver for our, our backyard football league. Yeah. Throw yeah. me the put, ball. <laughs> put him in right field. <laughs> run, um, Shelton, run. <laughs> so so you're, you're telling me that your parents weren't uh, especially musical or anything like that. Do you think that you got something from them uh, that helped you become a musician? I know, and I talked to my wife about this. Like, I, um, there's a thing my parents instilled in me a long time ago. It's like, you signed up to do something, don't, don't give up on it. And the only time they ever let me do it was in, like, church basketball league, because I was <laughs> absolutely horrible. They're like, you know how we told you to never give up on stuff? You can give up on this. We promise. Okay. <laughs> what was this before or after the well? Oh, this is uh, actually I, th- I think it was after because I think it was like middle school ish because I was trying to find if sports were good and obviously oh, if my parents are okay. like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so it's it's just it's just bad. So yeah, I, I think I think my parents instilled this this drive to accomplish something. Don't give up on something until you figure it out and try to do something. Um, this just morning, I was talking to my wife about like I've been sitting in this room that I'm recording this podcast with you today, um, just reading on how to do uh, functions and logic and how to mess with certain stuff. Because like now that I'm in this, I want to do it. And all this summer, I've been going to the driving range because I want to figure out my golf swing and like all this stuff. And so I've I've started something and I don't want to give up on it. And I have this drive to make myself better and better and better and better at it. And I think that's that's partially the way my parents raised me. So. If, if if anything, because no music, my parents told me never give up on stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, that's that's a really great thing. So you just mentioned that you're you have been working on a golf swing. So you are, you have in some ways found the sport that you that's can. That's right. Do, that's right. There's no legs like that you nothing. can excel at. Dude, this is great. If I can drive a golf cart, pop open a nice <laughs> beverage, and drive from point A to point B, your boy's got that. Your boy's got that fine. All right. <laughs> but that, that's what I want. So, cool. So, like, so, so are there other things that you do? We know, obviously, you spend a lot of time being a nerd about uh, yes. recording stuff and being a nerd about trumpet mm-hmm. stuff and, uh, and about music in general, and I'm sure about teaching. So away from the instrument and away from music, uh, what, what sorts of things do you do besides watch YouTube videos and try to be a better golfer? Well, I mean, honestly, I play a lot of video games. That, and that's that's kind of like my decompression thing. And don't you judge yes. me. I know I'm 32 years old, and I am throwing down on some Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> I'm not judging you. I, I, I wonder if it's a, a similar thing. It's one of the few things that I can do to feel like I'm being productive because I'm accomplishing things yeah. Yeah. within this within this world. But my brain is actually just not stressing about the actual things in my life. Yeah. So I'm I mean, wondering if it's very similar for you. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I mean, I know I use that that outlet a lot to decompress, um, and because in many ways it still allows me to be social. Because a lot of things that I do when I do play video games often revolve around me being online with friends or people that I know, and we con- we you know, sure. have good conversations, we joke around, and we just kind of goof off in those like digital spaces. And that's a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, yeah, and like I, you said, a golf is another thing that I've been trying to work on. I can only do that when it's hot outside or like it's warm. 
because I'm not going to go stand out in like <laughs> 32 degree weather in Utah when it's windy in the mountains and just try to hit a white ball. I was like, forget that. I'm not. I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go play Call of Duty. But no, I, I think like I know it sounds kind of like juvenile in some ways that I the the outlet that I seek often is like a social setting or um, video games. But that's that's one of the big things that I see myself consistently doing. I think that I've kind of been getting into a little bit on the side recently is like mixology. So like uh, like making my wife okay. nice cocktails. So if like if sure. I can produce something, I want to produce like a nice cocktail. And so I've come, kind of been used or trying to get, um, you know, the right ratio for a Manhattan or the right ratio for an old fashioned or make a Boulevardier or just something fun. I know Sarah. I um when I first met you guys, I taught Sarah my my old uh, old fashioned recipe, and I think she still likes it. So. She texted me the other day. She's like, how do you make the simple syrup? That's what Sarah sounds like, in case you haven't heard the podcast yet. How do you make the simple syrup? Um, and I was like, just do this. That is this. nothing like what she sounds well, like. Well, maybe we'll do this podcast but before that one, so people are just like, oh, man, that's what her voice is going to sound like. So that's what we're hoping on. That'll be awesome. Ha, 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 Sarah. We still love you. But, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that stuff. I just dabble. I don't really have, like, like when I'm away from trumpet and teaching and stuff, I don't really have, like, one thing I dive all my passion into. Um, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things so that like, depending on the weather, depending on the mood that I have stuff just to pull me away from, I don't want to say music in general, but pull me away from like the stress and reality of what the job can be sometimes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to live in one world 24 seven all day long. Your energy goes into one thing and it's just going to drain you, dude. You yeah. know? And so like, yes. that's, that's what I, 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 I don't know. It's just stuff that comes up and like, Oh, that's kind of fun. Let me dive into that a little bit. Um, well, I think what's really cool about what you're saying is that you do other things and you have other interests, but um, you're a curious person. Oh, yes. And and so you are like, well, I don't want to just do this. Even if I'm dabbling, I want to find a way to do it well. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's that's something that I'm, I find with a lot of my musician colleagues or artist colleagues even that... Um, that that have been successful that there's this curiosity and it's it's more than just i'm gonna try this thing on the flip side <laughs> we generally if we can't get at least kind of good at something we generally are like okay i'm done with that i tried it yeah, i did yeah. it for a little bit yeah. and i'm out uh, like i'm gonna find something that i can do pretty well with we're all about efficiency oh, it's like the least amount 100%. of Least amount of work for the maximum preach, benefit. Brother, preach, preach, preach. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I like. What what kind of things have you done? Have you that you kind of dive yourself into? I mean, I, I talk about it a little bit in uh, in the podcast, but when I when I latch on to something, mm. I go crazy yeah. about it. Yeah. And this is something that um and that that's why I don't have very many things. This is why <laughs> <laughs> this is why I only set up my gaming system on breaks on summer break or winter break Dang, like when dude. we're out of session okay. because i'm one of those people who i will i can be like okay i can sit here for eight or ten hours or something like that now i've learned how to use timers and i don't do that anymore but there's this this part of me during this pandemic especially and i i, I talk about it in my interview but i was like okay piano guitar i'm gonna learn how to do those things no joke. so i am literally practicing uh, I mean, I practice piano about 30 minutes at least every day, which which is a significant commitment yeah. for a, a secondary if or tertiary instrument. If you were in sixth grade, instrument. at least you could get like your wife to sign off your practice card. That's an A-plus right. for the week. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I think my wife is pretty much like, um, 
just st- you're, you you're could good. do ten you're minutes good. every day. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 so much better at the piano than I am. But but she kind of is the same way. She's playing some piano. She also plays bagpipes. So we got like bagpipes, guitar, Holy piano, crap. and trumpet going on in in our house. So it's a lot of that stuff, but. Um, also a lot of like, I'm fixed. I, I want to fix stuff. So I'm watching tons of YouTube videos. I'm a new homeowner preparing for a baby. So I'm like, how do I build this? How do I fix this? How do I do all of these things? So that's, that's sort of where my head is right now. Dude, that sounds like um, so much fun though. I love doing that stuff. It, it is really fun until you screw something up and you're like, oh no, I have to call a contractor or I have to call somebody who knows how to fix this. I don't know if it's a water line or something bad, but I just busted yeah. something. I don't think there should be water coming up through the wood floors. But. I do that with car stuff. Like if like I, I if my dad, when I was growing up, like if he's, if, if you look at one individual parents, my dad, you know, collectively they're like, don't give up on stuff. But my dad was like, I'm going to teach you how to do all the basic car maintenance stuff. So you never have oh, to pay man. someone how to like change your tires, change your brakes, change your calipers flush an engine do all that stuff like i i used to own a jeep grand cherokee and i love that truck i drove it when i was in do my doctorate in rochester i bought it when i was in my undergrad it's been from florida to rochester back and forth and i could tear that sucker apart and put it back together i had like the, oh. the haynes manual and i'd rip that sucker apart oh dude i love that truck i was outside in like in like 20 degree weather changing an alternator on it one one winter in rochester and it was like i was like this is this is great and my wife's like holding the <laughs> flashlight and she's like this sucks it's like this is great. Yeah. I love it. Man, I didn't know you could do all that stuff. Yeah. I'm just I th- I think it would honestly be cheaper for me to just fly you to Baton Rouge and fix my car. I'll do it. It would be cheaper to do that than to take it to the dealership that is literally right down the road. Oh yeah. Oh dude. <laughs> I love doing it. Like half the stuff I learn, I just watch YouTube videos. I'll be under the car with my phone watching a YouTube video. Like, <laughs> all right, oh yeah. yeah, that that's not my model. I need to go find a different video. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. So so I think this is really cool that you, you do a lot of these things and that your curiosity peeks through in a lot of the different activities that you do. And I, I feel like we've already heard one of these really formative and pivotal moments in your life um, that, that uh, sort of forced you, forced that curiosity of yours and that will to like, no, I will not quit, <laughs> to like take over. And, and I'm wondering if, if there are other moments like that in your life that where where it was like that will and that instinct that you had it was either either a positive thing or a negative thing was like this is sending me down this path and so now i i either accept this or i don't accept this i know that there was a big moment when i was in my masters that of course like when we all start being trumpet performance majors in school like the end all be all everybody's like i want to play in the (laughs) chicago symphony and it's just like, yeah, that, that'd be cool. I, I mean, obviously, I look back on it now like, you're stupid. Kid, you stupid. But, <laughs> yeah, but even the Chicago Symphony wants to play in the Chicago Symphony Yeah, you're, right exa- yeah you're exactly right. <laughs> but like, like for me, like you, you idolize the people in those positions, and you yeah. spend your entire life striving to, to replicate what they do. But like now that I look back on it, it's like, yeah, good, good for me for trying for that. But like I stumbled into college teaching because of the master's degree that I had, and I was a TA where I got to teach some of the quote-unquote like non-majors or people who didn't study with the primary teacher there and doing that and trying to figure out the things that I do now in my job like how do you fix an embouchure how do you talk about articulation a certain way how do you talk about or build repertoire or a love for repertoire or how do you develop a practice strategy for a young student and me and my masters I was like literally 
Um, it's like if you're teaching a class, you don't want to think about the class, but you're like a book chapter ahead. In some yes. ways, I was kind of like that for that student, but he didn't didn't know that I was a chapter ahead of him. So every week, I was like, all right, so I remembered we worked on this last week, and so I'm going to focus on this this week. What What is going to come up next week? And so I kind of loved that aspect of just trying to analyze and formulate and strategize week to week to week with a student and then watching that growth happen. And then when they had, they had juries, obviously the teachers, the, the primary teachers, would hear all the juries that were going on in Miami. And I would, you know, I'd stand outside and, and listen because that wasn't a part of my grading process. I didn't grade them. They were, like, graded by the actual applied faculty. And I would hear great things like, wow, he improved a lot. This is fantastic. Good work. And I think having that kind of moment, if this is your question, I hope it's your question, um, where I realized that's that's what I wanted to do, that pivotal moment, if, if, if I remember yeah. the question right. The pivotal Absolutely. moment kind of sparked that love for teaching rather than finding the performance. Now, don't get me wrong. I love performing. That's one of the reasons I'm, I was excited to be offered the position to play with you guys and, and do all the things that I do in my career. Like, I love doing solo performance. I love playing with Utah Symphony when I get a chance to do that. I love doing any performance with you guys. And, yeah, it's great, but there's still that primary love that sits inside when you watch a student grow from week to week to week and, and change small things in their playing for the better and then seeing them find that love and then, go, like, recording something at the end of the semester and then coming back to it at the end of the semester, and you're like, holy crap, do you hear the articulation's gotten better? Do you hear how much you've improved? Listen to your sound. And then they finally hear it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can hear it. And then it's just establishing that that kind of connection and watching them grow is just, it's really fulfilling and rewarding. Re rewarding. Yeah. Re yes. Yeah. Rewarding. Re re award. Re it's very awarding. Awarding. Um, no, very, very, very rewarding. And I feel that I, I think I had a similar, a similar thing. I was, I was steeped in taking auditions until about a year and a half into my doctorate. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and, and there were a certain, you know, path was, I felt like was set, for me and then one of my teachers just asked me and they said yeah maybe maybe you would be perfect for that but is would that be perfect for you is that really what that's you a, I mean, want that's a really good question i mean it's and like i was like but but i think as a especially as a as a graduate student i think we it, it's hard to think of yourself as having an option yeah you know especially when you know how hard it is to get into some of these performance uh, jobs or to get a college teaching job yeah. for that matter I mean, at this point it now, yeah. it's really hard and so to to think wait i i actually could choose i don't just have to take <laughs> what i whatever i can get my hands on and it sort of changed my my attitude a little bit and and so it was it was it was a similar thing because i was i was teaching some lessons as a ta and i was like i love this this is great yeah you know that was it was so it was a very very similar thing um so it, it, I think we both know the power of a good piece of advice to sure. a student, like something that someone says, like what my teacher said to me oh, about, yeah, totally. is this perfect for you? Or what you say to the students mm -hmm. about, here's how you articulate. And then we see that light bulb. Oh my gosh, yes. Flash. Like, do you remember one of your like top light bulb moments from your growth or development as a musician or a person or a you know, whatever, trumpet player, or even as a golfer or video gamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, golfer, just just make it easy. Don't don't swing hard, swing natural. And I found that out 
every time I go to the driving range this week. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I want to crank it to the back wall, and then I just slice it to the left if I just simply just like let the let the golf club do the work. Um, uh, re- actually, recently I'm discovering there's so many connections between golf and trumpet, and because uh, I've been to- I've been told that for years, and I think now that I'm diving into golf, I'm like, holy crap, my undergrad teacher <laughs> was totally right. Um, yeah, but but that piece of advice, honestly, I think it really did. I don't, can't remember where it came from. It probably was my undergraduate trumpet teacher, but like, it was it was one day I was I was doing something in a lesson and they just asked me, "Have you listened to this? Ha- have you have you even stopped to listen to this?" And <laughs> and obviously when you're undergrad, you're like, "Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I listened to it at least once, once or twice." It's like, "Yeah, but what's the piano doing?" Yeah, yes, but who who else have you listened to? And one of the biggest pieces of advice is advices this is going great today for english one of the biggest pieces of advice that i got <laughs> it's a hard language oh it's, it is it's stupid hard, hard. <laughs> they they and there um but the biggest piece i got was like just just listen just just stop and listen because like and and I, I found different ways to word that to my students because obviously the way he worded it to me at that exact moment meant something to me and i need to find right. a way to translate it to a different different language uh, not language but a different like um structure to my students so that they're getting the same impact from that one statement that he gave me. And what, yeah. what I, what I kind of like translate it now is to like, have, have you listened to the piece enough or a player enough or a style enough so that it is, it is just internalized to the absolute core. And once it's there, can you hear it while you're playing so that your body finds a way to replicate that? So that you're not, it's it's kind of like foreign language stuff, right? So like if like yes. if you don't want me to teach you French, right? Parlez-vous français with that southern accent. <laughs> but like you want to find somebody who speaks fluent French to teach you French, right? So like you would have someone like Phil Smith teach you how to play trumpet. But so you just listen to him constantly and you try to replicate that. And the, your body finds a way. Like Malcolm, uh, Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park, you know, life finds a way. Your body finds a way yeah, to sure. make things <laughs> happen in a very natural way if you're replicating a sound or, or oral guidance. And so, like, for me, in my wall in my office, I have this, like, modeling toolbox thing that has, like, probably 30 or 40 pictures of trumpet players and where they, where they serve, where they teach, whatever it is. And every semester, I have a listening exam where my students go through. And, like, this past semester, um, even though we kind of, like, ended the semester in a weird place and went online, um, we still had the exam where we were listening to second movements of major trumpet concertos or major trumpet pieces. Sure. And in that process, um, you can't tell if there's a silence there. I went and burped off off mic. <laughs> so for those listening in your car, you're quite welcome. Um, so, but like any of those pieces like that, that one it lets them establish an understanding of the repertoire. But at the same time, it's all different performers, and for them to be able to recall that, if I do a drop of the needle examination of that. They can probably either identify the piece because they know the piece well enough, which is great, mission accomplished. Right. Or if they don't know the piece, they might be able to identify the artist because yeah. everybody plays trumpet. You know, as much as we want to try to sound the same in some in some cases, everybody has their own unique voice on it. And so my teacher just said, "Listen." What he was trying to tell me was, "You should listen to try to incorporate everyone's voice into your own body, so that when you try to replicate that, you're creating your own voice." And so my students mm. are able to incorporate all their voices into their own playing so that when they go back to reproduce any of that repertoire or anything else, they're creating their own voice in a health and safe, in a kind of an easy way, just like when we speak a foreign language. That was really long and drawn out. I'm so sorry. 
Don't apologize. This is your this is your interview. This is your show, man. Um, I, I I just think it's really interesting and it's it's really cool to be able to hear how passionate you are about sharing this information with your students. Um, and and I think it would be great for your teacher from your undergrad to hear you say, you know, I this it, piece of advice <laughs> yeah. lived with me for for all this time and has had such a an amazing and profound impact on me. And I think that's something that goes beyond music as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, just exactly right. are you are you listening to yourself? And and in in a lot of ways, I feel like that's not just are you listening to yourself, but are you hearing how other people hear you? Oh my gosh! Could I, you imagine? Could you imagine if we all if we all communicated <laughs> in that way, where we knew how we were coming across? <laughs> And and we were like, no, no. Cause What's wrong, I mean, Matt? You don't like my tone? Is my tone too hard for you? What do I sound this, like? This is one of the hardest conversations to have with somebody, isn't it? When you're like, you're like, um, are, do you hate me? And they're like, no. Like, you you sound like you hate me. <laughs> why are your fists? Why are you grinding your fists together? I don't hate you at all. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, everything. Every, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. So. <laughs> So that's awesome. So here, I'm going to ask you another question, and it. you are not allowed. Crap. You are not allowed to use anything related to your students. <sighs> Sorry, teacher. Whatever. You're not allowed to do it. All right, fine. I, th- this is a, a really, really serious question. I want to know, of all the things in your life, what would you say is your big, biggest <laughs> accomplishment, or what are you most proud of? Yeah, I almost said bigliest. Bigliest. No. My bigliest accomplishment. <laughs> Biggest accomplishment, or what are you most proud of in your life? Holy crap! I know, and you be—you got to be careful because mine was really deep on mine. So we better—we'll make sure we play yours before mine. Um, <laughs> this is this is actually really tough. Like, because yeah, it, when you when you can't use your students, it's very difficult because a portion of you exists within your students. Yeah, but you know, if you pick like one student, yeah. then all the other students are going to be really disappointed. So yeah, you just got to right. stay away from and it. And you know you who know? you are because you practice a lot. That's, That's right. right, other students. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I, th- I think the thing I'm proudest the most is in many ways I've tried to keep a an a common goal in my performance is to be kind of true to myself and not not strive to replicate too much. And that's that sounds really stupid. Let me let me let me clarify that. That's that's not stupid. Well, I think I understand what you're saying. Well, like like you know how many times that we we try to just do the same old same old same old stuff, right? And obviously we try to replicate that path that musicians have done in the past. Um, we, heck, most of the kids that go into schools now are like, I'm going to be, like we said, the principal trumpet of whatever symphony. And we, we stick to this, this continued model for that. I think the thing that I'm proud of the most is I'm trying to find ways that, that don't always exist within that model. Uh, and I'm trying to be me. And I'm trying to go in, in the path of my career um, that allows me to just be me and showcase who I am, whether or not I have a trumpet in my hand or not. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm proud of. I am. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for everything that I have, and and I, I am thankful for this the support that they all give me. Um, 
yeah, maybe maybe it's just it's just me trying to find and being true to my own path. That's a really tough question because when you can't use students, yeah, it makes it difficult. Um, but I, I mean, think like, I said the same thing when when it, Sarah it asked me. I was like, "This is hard. This, this is such a hard." Bro, question. this sucks. Um, but I mean, <laughs> who I mean, thought of this? This no, is but my I mean, question. Like, like, try, trying to find, try, trying to be as individual as you can while still be sitting inside the parameters of, of what it means. Like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a tenure track trumpet teacher. So I have to exist within this, this guideline portfolio. They give me that, that qualifies for things for tenure. Um, right. And so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing my thing with my other trumpet ensemble fifth bridge. And we're like exploring electroacoustic side of, of chamber music. And then I'm working with you to kind of help develop and curate uh, beautiful, uh, acoustic chamber ensemble repertoire and performances with Marari. And then I'm doing renovations on the standard trumpet repertoire uh, with trumpet and piano. And I'm trying to create something that is uh, envisioning things for the 21st century composer rather than just beating dead horses to death. Uh, and I'm focusing on teaching students and trying to establish my studio as more of a, of a craft, uh, curating a craft rather than we're being uh, formulaic oh your, your first and second semester will work on this excerpt and this excerpt and the second right. so no you, right, right. It, 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 everybody's gonna be a teacher at some point so you're trying to teach students through that vein in some way um and yeah i, I mean sometimes I, I guess i get a little kickback because i'm not following to the, the i'm using finger quotes on a podcast this is great i'm uh, you know, <laughs> i can see you oh it's, it's perfect though uh but like <laughs> the pre-subscribed um path and yeah. and sometimes when you step out in your own path, you get a little ridicule, but I'm okay with that because I, th I think yeah. pushing the boundaries sometimes allow us to take a new step to a new place, and sometimes that new place is better than where we were. Yeah, I think there's a really nerdy conversation that could happen right now if this were a specifically like, let's talk about performance practice. Yeah, you're, you're right. There's a really nerdy thing that could happen right now because we we definitely have those things. This is always the way it is done. This is the way it was done in that time period. And you have people who will ridicule you for not playing those embellishments Correct. in that particular way. But they don't really care that you're playing a modern piccolo trumpet. Yeah. And not <laughs> just a straight tube it's, with it's holes. Like they want to get mad <laughs> about specifics rather than like, right. did you enjoy it or not? Oh, yeah, I, I really love the piece. Enjoyable. It was beautiful. Okay, so then, then be quiet. And I've, I've, I've. Now that being said, I, I think that there are times that, I think you have to strike a really great balance. Duh. But ultimately, ultimately, when you are you and you say this is my product and you're unapologetic about it, which is something I think all of us in Marari strive yeah. to do when we play together. Correct. We say this is how we do it. We, we, know we, other we people, is the key word. We. Other people play this stuff. But this is how we do it. This is how we present it. And I think that's a really, really important part of being a successful musician. You see a lot of, of copy and paste. 100%. You know, but as long as everybody has finale, everybody can copy and paste. Correct. You know, like that, but not everybody can, can put their own little spin on it. So that's pretty... All right. Okay. That's a good answer. All right, I'll give you that. One. All right. I, that's I a good like answer. It. But you had to clarify quite a bit. So <laughs> next time, can we do a TLDR? You know, too long didn't read. Just kind of get right to the point. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. So I've got I've, this is a totally totally off topic question. Okay. But I'm just really curious about it. Um, if you could have a superpower, oh, what would it be? Bro. Okay. Oh. I mean, like the ch the cheesy cliche thing is always like, "Oh, I'd like to fly," or "I'd like to do." Yeah. Hey, watch it. Hey, but if you answered fly, great, whatever you want, bro. That's you can mine. cut down the airflare miles. That's fine. 
I mean, like, is it the dirty thing would be? I mean, actually, I've, it's weird. Like, you, sometimes you think about this. You're like, you go to an audition. Like, what if I could like change minds? Like, what if I had that like psycho power <laughs> to like influence like opinion? Like, you go down just just crap all over pictures and be like, candidate three. That was the best pictures I've ever heard in my life. Can you come back for the finals later? Like, obviously, that would be such a cool thing to do. You know, and utterly devious. Oh, oh, yes, it would be. Um, I, I'm, I'm very healthy mentally, folks. It's great. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I, I think I think something really cool would be would be stop time. Sometimes, mm. you know, I mean, that's that's yes, in some ways it's selfish, but in some ways it's not. Like, it, yeah. it's, if not having the ability to, um, you know, inf- influence other people, but stopping time for me, like if I had like a performance coming up and I didn't feel quite as ready as I should be. I could stop time for as long as I want and get that level or get what I needed done so yeah. that I could have that be <laughs> true and perfect, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so, so maybe, maybe without being like impacting other people and being conniving, I think stopping time would be a, a rather cool superpower. Now, granted, on the other side, I wish I could make things appear out of nowhere because trumpets are expensive and I would really crave like a Big Mac during the middle of the day, but I don't have time to run McDonald's. How dope would it be like in your <laughs> office, like you're hungry, you could be like, cool, oh, Big Macs, baby, yeah, that's what I want. And you just have it like pop out of nowhere. That'd be so dope. So I'm, I'm now realizing the like danger of asking someone who's like super curious about things and like is like, no, I want to get really into this oh, and I yeah. want to learn a lot about this. Like oh, yeah. I am now getting like your top 10 superpowers that you would want. So this <laughs> can, is the danger of asking Peyton a question. Yeah. Anyone. Well, well, can you imagine like, can you imagine like Peyton, do you know anything about this? And then like a, bl- a blink of an eye later, you're like, yes, I know everything possible about that. But I froze <laughs> time for like three years and just learned all about it and came back to that it's exact like, moment. Yeah. It's like groundhog day. Yeah, exactly. You'd be, yeah. Like, you'd be able to do that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I just want to share one thing just to embarrass the heck out of you on online. Um, I'm burping on this podcast. Do you think you can do any better? <laughs> no, this is going to, you're, you're going to, it's an aw shucks moment. Okay. So this is my favorite Payton memory from uh, any of our Marari trips so far. And this was on his uh, trial tour with us. <laughs> and we were, we were out to lunch at a pizza buffet. And oh, I loved it. the moment that sort of solidified to me, uh, you know, we, we, we were playing well together. We were getting along just fine. And then the moment that sort of solidified, yeah, I think this is the right person for us, is we were just sitting there and there was an elderly couple next to us and there was an elderly <laughs> woman. No, she was trying to get oh, up out of the booth. Though. I know we're going. She was trying to get up out of the booth. And without hesitation, like, Peyton just got up from his seat and put his napkin down and went over and, like, was like, ma'am, can I give you a hand? And it was very genteel about it. And she was so grateful for that help. And I was like, look at this guy just going out. Like, like you're, you're, a, you are a true hero. Oh, and thanks. I, that, that was one of those moments. I was like, this is the kind of person that we want to have. in Yeah. The group, but you got to so. remember she was between our table and the buffet. And so you know, <laughs> it was just a pit stop. I was going to get, no, don't even try to ruin it. <laughs> Un- Unfortunately, if you did that today, she'd probably be like, six feet, six, six feet, feet six don't right. breathe on me. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get my Darth Vader mask. Mess, can I help you? Oh, man. Peyton, it has been awesome yeah, getting bro. to talk to you. I can't wait till we're back in person uh, again to hang out and to uh, play music together. I'm excited. Um, but this has been really 
really great to work with you even in this context and uh, I look forward to hearing everybody else's I always think it's really fascinating to hear your answers to some of these questions so I hope thanks again ours. for your time I hope, I hope you guys enjoy ours I mean I was just having a blast so I mean if nothing else you and I will so yeah of course <laughs> this will be the funniest podcast for anybody it's just me and you nobody else will like it <laughs> yeah. but just me and you two star yeah. ratings on iTunes just this <laughs> 